Double Irish with Mick Smith, an Irish business and finance podcast. Is the customer, the customer always right? No, the customer is nearly always wrong. We'll either hit the jackpot or we'll go down in flames. Here you go, boss. Another one done. And then we discuss big business. Hi all and welcome to the Double Irish with Mixed Smith podcast. Before we get stuck into today's show, I'd like to say a big thank you for those who gave me supportive messages uh, in wake of the first podcast I did two weeks ago. Coming up on this week's show, we have the running segment, which is the Isaac Digest, where I review the week in the Irish Stock Exchange. But the main part of this week's show is an interview I did today with Helen Raftery in in National College of Ireland. Helen is the CEO of Junior Achievement Ireland, which is a volunteer organisation that pairs professionals and young people together in order to encourage young people to stay and remain in education. Before I play the interview, I'd like to say a massive thank you to the staff at the end of the National College of Ireland Library who let me use their facilities as an ideal city centre location to conduct the interview. Thanks a million, Helen, for coming in. Um, really appreciate taking the time to come to come talk to me today. Nice to all, great to be here. Um, I suppose a lot of people will have heard of Junior Achievement Ireland, but for those that haven't, uh, could you give us a little background of what what its purpose is and what the work that you guys do? Sure, we um, are celebrating our 20th anniversary in Ireland actually this year, so um, we uh, ask companies to support our work by releasing their staff to teach our programmes in classrooms all over the country. So if you can imagine somebody from the world of work coming in to talk to students uh, about you know business skills or financial literacy or entrepreneurship over a five-week period, it just um, has a, an impact with them because they have that kind of street credibility, if you like. So um, it's it's complementing the work of teachers in their own classrooms, but you know helping the students connect what they're studying, you know, in textbooks or in their own classrooms with the real world of work and, and, and business and so on. I suppose the, one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on the podcast was because I actually did the, the junior achievement myself and found a massively enriching experience. But I suppose the real value for students, I suppose, I felt was that it was kind of a, a world that they hadn't seen. It depends, like some of the, some of the areas you would uh, go into would be sort of, some would be socioeconomic, have a couple of socioeconomic issues or whatever. And sometimes they didn't have access to you know, a professional role model. Um, is that probably a big goal of junior achievement to kind of uh, introduce that new yeah. avenue? Uh, I mean, the um, the fact is that um, there are probably all kinds of educational disadvantage, um, but the the correlation between education disadvantage and socioeconomic disadvantage is very high. So if you are in um, circumstances where there isn't a role model going out to work each day or there isn't that um, you know, automatic educational attainment being very, very important in your family circumstances or at home, it, it can be one of the contributing factors as to why students don't see the relevancy of school and don't continue into to complete their second level at least. So 
when we are in a position to, to um, get volunteers like you to go in to talk to students and work with students, um, it, it helps them to see a, a kind of a window into a different world. And maybe you might have something in common with them. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you're into sports, for example, and you're able to talk to them about giving your name, your favourite team. Yeah, like Man United or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. and that, yeah. Could be the, that could be the source yeah. of a lot of, you know, banter as well in the classroom. Yeah. But just sometimes um, them being able to just uh, interact with people from um, business and talk to them about um, how did you get your job and, you know, what did you do in school that, you know, caused you to want to do this this work and so on. Because um, it's not to sound disingenuous um, towards teachers, but... If you imagine the, the career journeys for most teachers is they liked the subject in school, they went and did their BA and HDIP and then they went back into school and that's the second level um, um, teacher pathway if you like. So if you're a student who's struggling a little bit to see you know, why school is important, a teacher who loves the subject is probably not somebody that they can closely identify with, whereas if there's somebody coming in from the outside and kind of reassuring them that you know, not everybody knows what they want to do as soon as they leave school and not everybody is brilliant at every subject and so on. But, um, you know, if you follow your passions, um, chase your dreams, work hard, at least finish second level and then see what, you know, options are available to you. And hearing that from somebody who's got, you know, common interests with them like Man United or, you know, maybe you're wearing a, a shirt with a nice brand on it or a logo or you know there's there's kind of all kinds of reasons why why students would pay attention to what you're saying when they mightn't necessarily um, pay any attention to what the teacher is saying or indeed people at home might be saying. I think that's kind of where the value comes from from the volunteer perspective like you get a real sort of you've this challenge you're kind of in a professional environment you've gotten used to talking to corporate people and that it's a brilliant new challenge for when you're a young professional or whatever and you go into a child into a child environment or mine was like a, a teenager environment mm-hmm. and it's a new audience and you have to adapt and stuff and it's brilliantly to get out of your your kind of comfort zone like that i suppose is that something that the volunteers as well as the kind of the the objective of junior achievement yeah, but getting absolutely. that exposure mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the um, most of our volunteers, so last year we had 3,000 volunteers worked as, we're just coming up to the end of this school year obviously, so I don't have all of the data collated for this year, but last year we had 3,000 volunteers, give or take, and nearly 609, I think 697, so 700 volunteers responded to our online survey, and most of them spoke about um, improving their confidence levels in terms of their, their um, presentation. Um, and they also spoke about their communication skills and so on. And I suppose it's, um, um, you know, even for the people who would be very confident presenters, it's really good to go into a classroom because most of us are polite in our professional environments and we wouldn't dream of kind of saying to somebody, gosh, you're awfully long-winded or, you know, you just, it's kind of a professional courtesy that you listen to somebody even when they're not a good presenter or they are obviously winging it and they haven't prepared what they're you know kind of trying to get across here but if you go into a classroom and you don't have your messages very clearly thought through if you haven't got your timing very uh, well structured if you haven't got some audiovisual materials prepared that would allow the, the the listeners to follow what you're what you're trying to get across you lose those students really quickly and they won't pay attention to you and they won't sit there politely I mean you know they, they actually let you know very very quickly that you're not doing a particularly good or interesting presentation so you know from the point of view of 
what are any communication um, skills that you've been taught you refresh those uh, because you have to prepare very well you have to think through your messages you have to get the timing spot on and you have to be very clear in the audience that you're addressing so you know making the language age appropriate making the uh, definitions that you're offering very clear so knowing your audience knowing your messages getting your timing right you know core presentation and communication skills but because you're dealing with students um, and and um, children they're not going to sit there and listen to you if you haven't got your act together you know so it's very good from that point of view as well I think and uh, you're in quite a unique position in that you kind of go from one part of your day maybe is talking to CEOs and like can you kind of go from the boardroom to the classroom and back again yeah. how does that contrast and I'd say does that that variance must be enjoyable yeah. I think I have the best job in the world, Michael. So, but don't tell anybody else. If I want it, um, I, I do. And it, I, I mean, the um, 165 organisations that support us. So, getting the opportunity to work with people from so many different organisations, so many different backgrounds, even going into different companies and seeing the way companies set up and the way they um you know the values and how they they live and breathe and walk and talk those values and um i guess from the from the perspective of of junior achievement we we work with organizations that want to make a difference that want to give their employees an opportunity to go out to their local schools and to inspire students in their own local areas so um you know we're not hugely high profile or we don't spend a lot of time and energy trying to generate kind of um, can I call it like marketing activity we are you know um, looking for partners who want that um, kind of an altruistic approach to giving their their staff the opportunity to you know invest something in their local community and to serve as as role models and that's the extent of the return that they're they're expecting so if you're working with partners like that it's just it's a phenomenal um engagement and it's very enriching um and then when when i get the chance to work with uh, educationists and um you know the the type of feedback that principals and and teachers give us um they're hugely appreciative of the risk that people take by putting themselves in front of a group of students because if you're not a trained teacher that's not the easiest volunteering option I mean it's probably easier just to run a, a 5k <laughs> like so um, the teachers really really appreciate that somebody who doesn't have a teacher training background putting themselves in front of a group of, of students is a pretty risky venture you know um, but the fact that the students pay attention to what the volunteer is saying take on board the messages they're obviously complementary to the same you know messages that the teachers are communicating but the different messenger really does have an impact so we're welcomed with open arms by um 600 odd schools um, if we had more resources and more supporting organizations we'd be able to meet um, the demands from schools um, and maybe it's a, it's important in terms of our our model the menu of options goes out to the school um in community actually it's gone the last four or five weeks so every school that we have a partnership with has got this menu so if you were working in um say um parnell street up the road here um or city key across the river you'd take the menu and you'd take could we have two our nation programs for our community three our city and you know maybe if you were in um 
um, St Paul's in North Brunswick Street he might be sending us back and I have two economics of staying in school and two success skills so you order from a menu as to which JA programmes you think your students would enjoy and benefit from for 2017-18 so then we collate all that data and we've got all of these requests from schools all over the country and then we go into various supporting organisations and we give them the same menu so volunteers in and um, take oh I fancy I um, okay I might work with you know six year olds yeah. but I definitely wouldn't work with sixteen year olds so whatever your preferences are so then we collate the schools requests with the volunteers preferences and we end up hopefully being able to match what the volunteers think they'll be able to enjoy and what the schools um, request but demand side definitely way way bigger than than the supply side so we're always looking for opportunities to to meet new potential member organizations and get them on board because we would like to work with more and more students i mean seventy thousand students this year is is a really good number you know it's a lot it's a lot of students but you know in the overall um uh, primary and second level cohort that's nearly eight hundred thousand students so you know, seventy thousand doesn't reach. Maybe, maybe is that about eight yeah. percent? You can do the math first. But you know, that's the that's the kind of level you're you're talking about. And of those seventy percent, would be going into to our resources go into Desh schools. So you know those those schools that are that are designated by the department as um, schools that need m- more resources and extra supports and so on. So. Um, we would love to give more students the opportunity to work with more volunteers because I mean you've seen it at first hand they respond really well to the to the volunteers going in and the fact that you go in over the five week period you get the chance to build up a rapport with the students and you know I I just think that's it, it definitely is a more enjoyable experience for the volunteer because you know, going in to do a careers talk kind of thing, that's good too. Definitely, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. It, that, that is something. Um, but I think when you get to know them and the, the quieter ones maybe, or the, yeah, the ones that, you know, they, they'll ask you stuff when they get to trust you a little bit and get to know you a little bit. And I think they're the students that really take a lot from, from those programmes. I know I felt like I could see, I could identify maybe, not everyone was in it. Like there's a class of about 30, not everyone's in it, but you can identify a few students that are, like hanging on your word and like that's very enriching and then it's also a great feeling like I know there was one or two students that kind of came in and were cynical towards me mm-hmm. and then by the end of the six weeks I'd won them over yeah. myself and like that yeah. was a great feeling yeah. and then I also they get a, the students get a certificate at the end and I thought they're going to throw these as paper airplanes at me but mm-hmm. uh, like every student like were queuing up making sure they got there like yeah. the sense of accomplishment yeah. that they felt like I kind of I like I didn't think they would I like I, from how I was at the start I kind of thought, oh, this could be difficult to win them over. But yeah. once you get the buy-in and once you get like the relate, once you find something to relate to them mm-hmm. to, they they will really show you respect and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I suppose where do you see what uh, you talked about growth there? I suppose is the main objective to get more corporations because, like you say, the supply is. Um, I mean, at the minute we have uh, all of our programs are designed across four themes. So we've got um, from from six years of age through to the senior cycle, um, second level students. Uh, all the programs are are based around entrepreneurship, employability, financial literacy, and the value of studying STEM. So um, you know when when you have somebody from the world of work coming in to talk to you about employability. Or encouraging your your team building skills or your negotiation skills as they would be in an entrepreneurship um, program and so on 
it just it, it, it really reinforces the relevancy of what they're studying and, and the real world of work and those messages can't be repeated often enough and the, the, what we would love to see happening is um, every child doing a junior achievement program with a different volunteer from a different industry sector or a different background a different career journey all the way up so right through from senior infants through to your you know the final years of your of your second level program and that way the the idea of you know I can be an engineer I can be a data analyst I can be a nurse I can be you know I can be whatever I want to be because for 16 years or whatever they've heard those messages from people from all kinds of of backgrounds and I think it's it's very reassuring for students to hear somebody whom they think of as successful you know kind of admit to I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do so the more students that hear those kind of messages and are reassured by people whom you know are kind of comfortable enough saying look folks not everybody knows <coughs> what their career journey holds you know like I think that's just you can't get enough of that type of, of um, messaging going into into classrooms so the more organizations that are willing to partner with us and willing to release their staff and obviously cover our costs then the more students that that we can reach and, and the more of those kind of messages that we can we can um, communicate into students so you wish you absolute nothing but success for the future and before we go Helen I just need to say a massive thank you for coming in and talking to me today uh, it's much appreciated and uh, I couldn't encourage anyone more to get involved with Junior Achievement it's, uh, it really is a really gratifying experience feel free to log into www.jai.ie <laughs> and have a, have a good look around the, the website there perfect thanks a million that's all Great. the Isaac Digest a weekly review of the Irish stock market Overall, this was a rather quiet week on the Irish Stock Exchange, owing to the focus on the British election and the fact Monday was a bank holiday. However, companies with a big exposure to the British market did experience some fluctuation. Ryanair traded up early in the week because of May passenger results, before falling back again on Friday as a result of the British election. Similarly, bookmaker Paddy Power Betfair had an active week. The Klonsky-based company finished the week down €1.17. This is owing to fears that a greater Labour Party influence in the British Parliament could see tougher gambling regulations. On the flip side, Smurfit Kappa saw an increase of 3.5% on Friday. The packaging company has its primary listing on the FTSE, which rose sharply on Friday owing to a weaker pound. The company's secondary listing, which is on the ISEC, piggybacked on this rise increase. And finally, hotel group Dalita saw a mini surge in the middle of the week as it announced the sale and lease back of, a, of the Clayton Hotel in Cardiff. That was your Isaac Digest for the week ending the 9th of June 2017. that concludes our second episode of of the podcast um as always to keep up to date with the with the goings on um please check out the twitter page it's just at double irish ms also please feel free to connect to me on linkedin uh that's where i kind of post the podcast um and then the soundcloud account of course is double irish with mick smith so if you want to hear more uh, check out those you can also email the podcast at 
doubleirishwithmixmit at gmail.com. Thanks a million and have a lovely weekend.